saints. Father, I pray that you would just be with us, that uh, you would speak to our hearts. I pray, Father, as always, that that every word that is from me, I mean from you, would uh, pierce our hearts. And if it's not from you, that it would fall on the floor in front of us. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Ephesians 6.18. I'm going to read it again. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert, with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Prayer is extremely important. It literally is more powerful than everything hell can throw at us. Because it puts us in tune with the triune God. It, it helps us to communicate back and forth. And you'll hear this as, as we go through this, but prayer is not just talking to God, it's listening to God. It's to be used by all believers. It, it, it's really through prayer, uh, not only just talking to, but, but listening to the triune God, that we can attain and grow in such things as wisdom, knowledge, faith, strength, power, authority that is necessarily necessary to properly put on the full arm of God. That is necessary to walk out what God has called us to do. Because we are people that are supposed to walk in power. God never intended his church to be a bunch of wimps. Never, ever. But if we're wise, we understand we can't do it by ourselves. But when we enter into that relationship with him, we have the Holy Spirit within us that we can draw on. We have the Father and the Son that we can draw on to help us to walk out powerful Christian lives. You know, I think every one of us here in this room has an understanding of what prayer is. Not only individually, but corporately. But it is always good to revisit because we might find a place where we can readjust our prayer lives, where we can readjust how we approach prayer, where we can even learn a little more on how we can improve our prayer lives. It's simply communion with God. Talking and listening and listening and listening and listening. Starting with talking in a sincere, reverent, and humble manner. Then quietly listen to what he has to say. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. My favorite is when he says, Gary, I love you. My heart just melts. You know, sometimes I weep because I know me, but he knows me better and he still loves me. And then we quietly listen 
what he has to say. And again, I always encourage and always try, I don't always do it properly, to listen more than I talk. You know, we should be fervent and persistent in prayer, just like it says in in 2 Thessalonians 5.17, to pray without ceasing. We should pray in faith, believing God hears and listens. And we should pray in a manner where we are trusting in God's wisdom and kindness to answer according to his perfect will. There's an acrostic called Acts, which is adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And for this week and in two weeks, I'm going to include intercession within in supplication because in a lot of ways they're the same thing. One is just praying for ourselves, and the other one is praying for other people. So the prayers of adoration. I have to confess this is my favorite. I love prayers of adoration. It's a prayer where you're focusing on God. Where you're sharing your heart with God. Where you're paying honor to Him. Where you're giving Him the glory that He so rightly deserves. Prayers of adoration really are nothing more, nothing less than prayer, than praise and worship in prayer form. It's focusing on God, the person of God, the being of God, and not what he's done for you. That's prayers of thanksgiving, which we'll get to. See, prayers of, of, of adoration recognize the deity of Christ. They, they recognize the sovereignty of the Father. They recognize the attributes of God, that he's omnipresent everywhere. He's omniscient. That he knows everything. He's omni, um, just omnipotent, omnipotent, excuse me, that he's all-powerful. If you don't know how to pray him, turn to the book of Acts, uh, Psalms. Psalms 8.1 says, O Lord our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Psalm 29.2, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. If you need a kickstart on prayers of adoration, go to the Psalms. Just open them up. David and the others, they're just full of prayers of adoration. But there's also ones in the New Testament. Hebrews 1.3 he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Re- Revelation 15:4. Who will not fear you, Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you. For your righteous deeds have been revealed. I personally think it's always good to start your prayer time with prayers of adoration. To just let him know what's in your heart and how you feel about him and what you think of him and how wonderful he is. And then mix in some thanksgiving prayers and so forth, but we'll get to that. He is God. And he is worthy of our adoration. 
He's worthy of our worship and He's worthy of our praise. And He set us up because He tore the curtain. And I was listening to something the other day, I think it was a teaching coming out of Bethel, where the curtain, yeah, it was Bill jo- something Bill Johnson said, that the curtain was quite thick. It wasn't this little thin thing that most of us have hanging in our homes, but it was quite thick, and it just tore. It rent from top to bottom so that we can come in to worship and to praise and to adore our Father. It's by the grace of God. It's by his redemption through the blood of Jesus that we can pray. It's by his grace. See, he is altogether amazing. He's wonderful. He's glorious. He's beautiful. Have you ever thought about the song that Charles Wesley wrote? Oh, for a thousand tongues. There's a a line in there that says, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of his grace. Why did he say that? Well, it's my personal feeling that he said that because he was frustrated that he only had one tongue to praise his God. And he wanted a thousand tongues to praise his God. Maybe we should ask ourselves, do we feel the same frustration? You know, after all, he is God. He's our sovereign. He's our master. He's our Lord. He's our creator. He's our Abba Father. Prayers of confession. These are prayers where we recognize that we have sinned and that we acknowledge the sin before God. One of the more more famous prayers of confession is the one Isaiah prayed in Isaiah 6.5. And I said, Woe is me! For I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He saw the Lord high and lifted up, and he couldn't handle it because he immediately recognized who he was and who God was. David had another good one in Psalms 51, verses 4 and then 10 to 12. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say in your judgment against me is just. Then in verse 10 he goes, Created me a clean heart, O God. Renew a, 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 a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. That should be the cry of our hearts. See, these are prayers of men that have an excellent relationship with the Lord, but what they're saying is, I want to keep it that way. I don't want anything to come between me and my God. In fact, Isaiah and and David, what they're saying is, I want to be in total alignment with you, Lord. I want to follow you. I want to do what you have for me to do. I want to walk with you in a manner that there is no shame, that I have dealt with my sin. 
because it was dealt with on the cross, right? When you say it is finished, which means he took care of all of it. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't repent. Isaiah and David repented and they were forgiven and their shame was lifted. See, Isaiah and David knew that they could go before God with great confidence that as they confessed their sin, the great thumb in the sky wouldn't come out and squash them like a bug. But instead, the arms of God would come out and lift up their head, remove their shame, and draw them into the, his bosom. I, I believe that every time I confess uh, any sins that I have, that that's exactly what happens is he reaches down and he draws me into his bosom. And that all shame has to flee. Prayers of confession are important. If we are aware of sins, then we just need to repent. Confess them. It's okay. The big thumb in the sky is not going to come down. You're not going to get hit by lightning. If you're in Christ, they've already been taken care of, but it's important for us to deal with, with the sin. It's important for us to, to get rid of the shame. to continue to walk out who we are because we are not sinners because that was taken care of when our spirits were born again, when we became a new creation. So let us pray, as David did in Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew unto me a right spirit. Cast me not away from your presence and let your Holy Spirit always be with me. That's a beautiful prayer to pray 50, 60 times a day. Well, it says to pray without ceasing, so I'm just giving you one you can pray. If you want more, go to the book of Lamentations and check out Jeremiah's prayers. The Bible over and over and over and over sends this message. Confess your sins and repent of them and God will forgive you. And that doesn't stop with salvation. Because he wants us to not walk in shame. He wants us to walk with our eyes lifted up. I mean, I've used this example before, but I'll use it again. It's, it's when you correct a little child, and I've seen it recently, as a, as a parent has corrected a child, you, you see the head go down. Because there's shame. But when we confess and they're forgiven, we look into his eyes and we're drawn into his bosom. See, those in Christ are not sinners. We're, we're not sinners. We're, we're free in Christ, but we do sin. See, as God, as we confess them, God will do, will deal with them. God will remove our sins from us. I love what it says in Psalm 103, verse 12. And I'm reading from the NLT. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east from the west. Think about that. When you go north, you eventually go south, and then you eventually go north. But when you go east, you never hit west. You're always going east. Because east and west are separated. And that's how far he separates our sins. And it says also God will blot out our sins 
and choose not to think of them any again. See, he doesn't forget them. He just chooses not to think about them. Isaiah 43:25. I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. And not only that, but he'll cast them behind his back. And when he puts them behind your back, now try to put your hand back there and try to see your hand. You can't. Isaiah 38, 17. Behold, it was for my welfare that I had great bitterness. But in love you have delivered my life from the pit of destruction, for you have cast all my sins behind your back. This is mind-boggling stuff. I mean, sit down, sit and, 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 and meditate upon it. Think about it. I, I, I think about my life and the fact that he looks at me as sinless. It, it it just blows my mind. I ha I have no words for that. It, it it it's just amazing. It's mind boggling. And here's the other cool thing about it: the accuser can no longer accuse you. He may try, but you can come when he tries to accuse you of sins and different things. You can just go. My God has forgiven me. I am free from sin. I mean, as Terry and I were talking about earlier before the service, there is no truth in the accuser. That's what the scripture says. Everything he says is a lie. Oh, Lord. Please help us not to take this for granted. Mm -hmm. And, oh, Lord, please help us not to pile up unconfessed sin, mm -hmm. but that we would deal with it. Yes. Chris and I have this thing you could call it legalistic if you want. I don't really care. To where we put on the whole arm of, of God every night. We pray for healing every night. This is as we're in bed. And then we ask God to forgive all our sins for that day, even the ones we may not know about. It's worth it. It's a good thing to do. We fall asleep with a clean heart. Prayer of Thanksgiving. Philippians 4.6 do not be anxious about anything, but every, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Prayer with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. Prayers of, ex, uh, of thanksgiving express our gratitude for what he has done for us, whether it's uh, some mercy or, 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 or some grace or, or, or some blessing or, or, or some gift or, or whatever it is, but whatever he's done for us. And let me tell you something, church. Everything you have is because God did it for you. Let me ask you, have you ever fallen into this trap? I have more times than I care to think about. Or take God's blessings for granted. Or, maybe even worse, it's because of me. 
I earned my salvation. I mean, basically, I'm a good guy. And God loves good guys. You know, kind of ignoring that one scripture where it says, you know, where somebody calls Jesus good and he goes, there's none good, none but God. I earned all my stuff. I mean, I worked. I, I, I got up. You know, I was, I hope this is okay, Isaac. But, you know, I was talking to Isaac the other night and he goes, yeah, I get up at 3.15 to go to work. I'm going, kill me, old Lord. <laughs> And then he puts in a typical 11-hour day. I would have been young again. <laughs> that would kill me. It literally would kill me. But I didn't earn all my stuff. Yeah, I worked hard. But then we go, I did this, I did that, I did, I did, I did, I did. It's like a Katie did that just keeps going on and on. The truth is that we have been blessed abundantly by God. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he shares them with us. He has blessed us. I'm having a discussion with the Lord right now. I think I'm going to lose. <laughs> I mean, he, he just blesses us. We are doing so well financially here and I just thank everyone for their graciousness in giving. But there was a point a, a, a while back that God told me to cover my expenses as what I was doing in my job. And how to do that was I would still turn in my expense account, but then I would write a check to cover, you know, what you call it. And I went, Lord. And he said, trust me. I started doing it, and you know, less than a month later, my VA check more than doubled. And it more, and it more than doubled what I was giving to cover up my expenses. The message there is not about giving. The message there is about being obedient to what God has to say to you. And as you are obedient, you will pray many prayers of thanksgiving. Because he will take care of you. See, we need to be thankful for whatever we have. As, as David put in Psalm 9, verses 1 to 2, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. That needs to be our attitude. Look at what Paul writes to the Romans. This is mind-boggling, and, 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 and we're so blessed. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scripture says, for your sake we will be are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things that I just read, 
overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I mean, there's a whole teaching here, but to really summarize it down, no matter what is going on, God still loves us. And we just need to turn to him and tune into that love and grab onto that love. And when he speaks to you like he speaks to me and says, I love you, that we need to believe it. And we just need to reach out and let him pull us into his bosom and, and accept the fact that he just absolutely adores us. Just like he shared with you. Oh, what about this that the writer of Hebrews wrote? In Hebrews 4, verses 15 and 16. This high priest of ours, Jesus, understands our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly, boldly, not like a bunch of wimps, not weakly. Can I come in and say, okay, okay, can I really knock, knock? Do I dare knock? Because lightning might strike me. No, boldly. Come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Wow! We can go boldly into his presence knowing that he's going to pour his grace out upon us. He's going to give us the things we need most. These scriptures provide a multitude of reasons to thank our God. So let us be a people that pray prayers of thanksgiving, thanking God for a sacrifice leading to our salvation, thanking God for a most amazing, intimate relationship that is available to us that we have, thanking God for his love, Thanking God for his wonderful deeds. Thanking God for his blessings. Thanking God for our spouses and how God uses them in our lives. Even those times that might be, seem to be irritating, but God is getting the deep things. Thanking God for our children, our grandchildren. Thanking God for our friends. Thanking God for our jobs, our cars, our houses, our clothes, the churches we attend, abilities, callings, and on and on and on and on and on. Because he has blessed us. I've told the story before of how in the Philippines I met a family of ten who lived in a cardboard box, basically. And when the monsoons came in and blew it away, they just went out and found some more cardboard, some more sticks, and built a new house. And you know something? They thanked God for what they had. They thanked God for what they had. And I went, oh, kill me, God. <laughs> Thank you.
Because I all too often look to the Joneses <laughs> and go, We need to be a people that enters into his presence with thanksgiving, just like it says in Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. See, we can, we can even, and don't throw anything at me, but we can even thank God for unanswered prayer. C.J. Mahaney, who's a pastor and author, said this, I celebrate unanswered prayer where God has shown his grace by not giving me what I ask. P.T. Forsyth, who's an author and theologian, said this, we shall come one day to a heaven where we shall gratefully know that God's great refusals were sometimes the true answers to our truest prayer. Our soul is fulfilled if our petition is not. See, by not answering some prayers, God is really... Uh, not helping us to put obstacles in our way that get in the way of him that, that may cause us to stop focusing on him and to start focusing upon ourselves and on stuff. I gave up praying for an XKE convertible. It probably is not a good thing for me. Besides that, the last one I drove, I, I ran it into a post, but that's a story for another day. And the person who owned the car still spoke to me afterwards. We don't want to pray prayers that are born in greed and pride and arrogance and covetousness because they're just going to, inhi going to hinder our relationship with our God. That's why it's so important to pray prayers of adoration. That's why it's so important to mix in prayers of thanksgiving. So we're thankful, just like the family in the Philippines. They were thankful that they had a meal a day. A meal a day. We have to remember an extremely important fact. This is it. The thing that God is most interested in with us is our relationship with him. He desires that more than anything else. He absolutely, I mean, think about this. This is the triune God who's been there for eternity and will be there for eternity who did not need to create earth, did not need to create us did not need us to complete him but wanted to share their love and their person with us with someone so he created us he so desires relationship with us he does not need relationship with us now, I don't know about you, but that makes me feel so good because he wants relationship with me. It's not that he has to have relationship with me. Think about that for a few million years. We are called to pray. The 
You have a song? Frank, you have a song? Okay, come on up. And you can bring the rest of the worship team with you if you want. <laughs> I didn't know if you had a solo or what, but... <laughs> We're called to pray. We're called to spend time with Him. In fact, God makes this assumption. And the assumption is that we will pray. I mean, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. When you pray, when you pray, when you pray. Let me see, what does that mean? By God's grace, we can approach him in many ways. I am so proud of this church and how we do pray. I mean, we, we have a Sunday night prayer. We have uh, a, a Friday prayer and fasting. There's a group of people that gets together on Mondays. There's a group of people get together on Wednesdays. I'm aware of other people that get together. I know that there are individuals that are praying. I know that there's people uh, praying on the phone with each other. God loves it. God loves it. When you pray, when you pray, when you pray. And we can approach him because he's given us everything we need. So let us go into the very presence of the Holy of Holies and because the curtain was rent and we can walk in and we can sit there and we gaze upon the beauty of the Father and we can go, here I am again. <laughs> but you're in there with a whole with a couple million other people. And he hears you all and he gives each one of us his undivided attention. And we can pray prayers of adoration. We can pray prayers of, of confession. We can pray prayers of thanksgiving. And most of all, we can listen. We can listen. We can listen as he speaks to our heart. And I guarantee that he will speak to us. And that he will work on and encourage our relationship with him, the triune God. And it will grow and grow and grow. And we will draw nearer and nearer to our God. Plus, we'll use the armor more effectively. If you look at other religions, I'm not aware of any where you can have this close, intimate relationship with the Father. And he made it possible because of the empty tomb, because of the cross. And so let us be a people who don't stand in status quo but we constantly allow him to cultivate our hearts and to grow and grow and grow and grow in our desire to be with him, that we will pray for the things that we need. It's okay, the petitions. But also that we pray for others. And we'll get into those in a couple of weeks. Let's stand.